What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 129 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always by the loquacious and vivacious, my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Coming at you from Austin, you Texas. Out. I'm you fired. Come out hard. You come out hard, but it's been too long. It's been too long. We shouldn't have left you without another strong right. pod to step to. And we apologize for that. We are Tell truly that's, that's sorry. Huh? Tell the people that that's Eric B. That's and Rakim. Eric B. We, and Rakim. I'm Eric B. You're Rakim. Two, one of the best rap duos ever. Of all time. Okay. Y'all, a little bit of housekeeping first. Apologies, you know. We're going through a little bit of... Since most of you didn't get to hear unless you listen live. And even if you listen live last week, it's 50-50 if you heard it. Because there were crazy tech problems going on uh so we're doing a little restructuring here at it is, Flow Wrestling. it's a little it's utterly bizarre that the shows are not good when we're in the same studio yeah they only, only work well when we're in halfway across the country but if you didn't hear episode 128 don't worry it was not a good show <laughs> listen we have a 98 percent awesomeness rate Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty good. One, that's an one, A. Tw- one twenty-eight. Give us a mulligan. Yeah, that's like that was a disaster. You know how like that the cool teachers would like throw out your worst test grade or whatever. That's one they would just throw it away. It just wouldn't even count. Didn't even happen. It's a it's a statistical outlier for us to do anything that. Um, is what is that like? That's like. That's like some wrestler losing to some some great wrestler losing to somebody that's not very good. Yeah, yeah. We can't use names because people would get mad. Both people would get mad. But uh, yeah, for sure, it happens sometimes. It happens. You know, bad. We had a bad weight cut. We'll blame it on that. Bad weight cut yeah. slash the flu slash average officiating. Um, Plus, the dog ate my. The dog redact- ate my lucky socks. Will, you're superstitious, right? You're like a lucky socks guy, didn't you have this? The dog ate my redactor. <laughs> People don't know what that means. Um, All right. Hey, but we've we have heard you. I it was it was humbling the uh, the complaints we received on uh, on social media. I don't know if they were blowing you up, Willie. They're blowing me up. Yeah, where's one twenty eight? This is disappointing. I I, I got emails like uh, from customer support. It was like uh, FRL is the best thing on Flow Wrestling, and there's no there's where's one twenty eight, and I'm disappointed, and that's uh. Unfortunately, we didn't have 128 up, but on the flip side, thank you for enjoying the show so much. Right, right. It uh, that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. There's been um you know, it's been a little slow. This time last year, we were dealing with the Green Marable saga. They had just um at this point, I'm not sure um I guess Green had won the trials and things were going on. We were just finishing up World Team Junior Duels, but it's been a little more low-key. We had that a couple weeks ago with J-Rob. Um, and then that's been quiet, but that's starting to kind of pick back up again, Willie. Uh, it's kind of... It may be reaching ahead. Um, yeah. You know, there's a there's a letter circulating. Uh, an email. We're gonna put an email slash letter from his... Uh, there's one that's verified. I, I, th- I think you can verify it and say, yes, this is authentic. And then there's another one that was written by his wife. Right. Sue, Sue Rubens. 
And there's another one circulating um, that's less identifiable and not signed that's purportedly from his daughter. We're going to put these, uh, we're going to put a summation of those up on the website here soon in a little bit. But uh, both indicate that he's going to, he's going to be fired this, this week. week. Yeah, crazy. Um, you know, you, not many details have come out on either side. You know, who's involved, what's happening. Um, but it seems very clear that Jay and his family don't feel like they've been supported by the U, that anyone's had his back, which is kind of crazy when you when you think about it. And maybe it is. Is, and... is Jay a victim of timing? Is Jay a victim of not only timing but the times? Like the timing's bad well, in that Minnesota's oh. Minnesota's dealing with some stuff outside of their wrestling program, but within their athletic department. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors going on. One, like you said, is the timing. That new AD, you know, when new ADs come in, I mean, they didn't have an AD for a couple months or something there. And when new ADs come in, the last thing they want to do is deal with a controversy. And, you know, every every AD or general manager, if you're in a pro sports organization, they like to. Uh, Create their own legacy, so to speak. You know, when a new when a general manager comes in for a baseball team, I'm hiring this manager. I'm hiring you know the coaches. I'm signing free agents. I'm getting rid of this is my team now. This is my administration, and so that could be a factor. Like you said, with the times, um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of tolerance for the prescription thing drug things uh it's just a buzzword and 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 um you know you, they don't let you off the hook that easy now what the details are i don't know man i don't know you got to question the reporting from the outlets uh i don't think that they report what they reported was very strong and it was only based on one or two uh sources now that being said yeah to, sorry to cut you off i just want to you mentioned kind of the how it's been reported. Um, one of the quotes here from this email from Sue, from Sue Rubens, Jay Robinson's wife, um, that I think is important. You know, she said the media's motivation is splashy headlines and rarely doing the work to get the full story. Uh, and she says, "I give you coach put on leave, home searched." Star Tribune headline from June second: Our home was never searched. So. Um, the the reporting of this is certainly called into question, and um, that's that's a very clear example of how it's maybe not been the most accurately covered story. Yeah, um, I think you could you could notice holes in that. Tr Foley was, I guess, the only one that I saw that that noted the holes uh, within the wrestling media um, that noted the holes in the in the argument or in the, in the reporting. But that being said, that being said, even if the reporting wasn't the best, the fact that his wife and daughter are putting out letters, both stating that it is uh, indicated that he will be fired this week. means that there's, there's some evidence that supports it. Some evidence or I don't know. Maybe they're they're just looking 
Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I mean, what did they what do you need to fire somebody? Do you have to have hard and fast evidence necessarily? I I don't know that you do. I think and I yeah. I think well, I think this, Christian, I think if there are not legal grounds, if there are, there are not solid tangible court of law legal grounds to fire J-Rob, that Minnesota wouldn't do it because the lawsuit with with a guy of his tenure and his resume and his credibility up to this point, you're looking at a, a lawsuit that's going to cost a lot of money and, and drag out for a long time. I don't think if it's like a 50-50 situation, well, I don't know, is there legal standing for this? Uh, I don't think you you fire him because it'll just get messy and cost a lot of money. And tarnish the legacy of the program yeah yeah I, I don't know which way so what while i think that the reporting was less than stellar if the family is indicating that he's going to be fired and if he is fired i think there has to be something that they're that they're they have footing they have solid footing on now there was also a a report that one of some athlete again another another very vague, almost factless article that came out saying some athlete was not going to be charged. Mm -hmm. did, did you see that one? I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, just, just that charges weren't going to be pressed. Yeah, the the details of the story are just not coming out. I mean, you can't get much of anything from anyone at Minnesota. You know, Coach Robinson just released the one statement from his attorney and. No one's out with it. No one's talking about it, and it's tough to know what's true and what's what isn't when so few people are are talking about it. We'll put anything out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough. It's tough too when things nothing's really has been substantiated. Um, there are names that come up as as. You know the kid, the, the the perpetrators of this. Who was involved? There are common names that come up, but there are also kind of obvious names for certain reasons. Um, but you can't report on it because there's no evidence of that. No, no details have come out. Um, so you know, Flow Wrestling put up a whole heck of a lot about this um, because nothing's substantiated. We're not going to. Speculate. We're not going to drag kids' name through the mud, right? Right. I mean, you, our, our covering of the story, I think, has been cautious w with the lack of um, facts. Just uh, there, there aren't many facts known about this case. It's been very vague, very gray. So no, you don't just put kids' names out there. I mean, that's that's reckless. You can't. Um, maybe one day they'll come out. Maybe they won't. And even though we're we're hearing names. At this point, putting them out there is is reckless and unfair and kind mm -hmm. of would speak to the problem that, that I think TR was talking about um, with people just kind of running with, you know, hearsay maybe. Yeah, like probably being true doesn't mean you should write it. Right, right. You... Like, I, you know, there's lots of times – there's lots of times uh, – you know, for it, even in in this case, right? I, I know, 
I'm pretty darn sure of who's involved. But I ain't writing it and I ain't saying it because I don't know for sure. I don't know beyond a reasonable doubt. And you can't unshoot that bullet. You can't you can't say, "Oh, my bad. I was wrong." It was That's right. This so kid. so while the while the Minnesota newspapers and television stations might be right, quote unquote, I don't know if they had I don't know they had the, the evidence they needed to to run with the it. The sources they needed to run with it. And that's where I think Foley's poking holes in it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, the, the questions are, well, is this true? And, and you have to assume if the family of, of Coach Robinson are so desperate right now, they're, they're not going to be taking the, these steps in, unless it looks imminent. Yeah, you know, like I said, both articles were, or both letters were similar and both included right the board of regents right right the these administrators at the at the um university to try to garner support for jay so i don't think you take these steps if you're not worried right right so what then what what is next at minnesota you know what i don't know you know what what, I don't... what does this mean for the assistants a lot of people think they'll just have to clean house and Coach Eggum, Coach Becker, uh, kind of out of luck, whether they're bl- blameless or not in this. Is it a clean house situation or is it they – because their involvement and in what they knew or didn't know is not known at all. Uh, and I've heard that, you know, th- they were more or less ignorant of, of this. But I, I haven't been able to substantiate that. So if they didn't know, you would think they'd be I've safe. That. I've heard that. The assistants didn't know, but I—that's that's that's tough for me to. It's tough for me to buy, but I mean, how can you not know? I don't know. Maybe they weren't, but I—I I mean, regardless, I—I I think if you're firing a legend like Jay, you got to clean house. I, unfortunately, I—I I, I think the world of uh, Brandon Eggum. Yeah, I don't know. I just and 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 this is speculation. I I just don't see how they get rid of Jay and keep the rest of the staff. I I'm sorry to say that, but I don't I don't think they do. Um maybe it's something where Jay insulated them from blame in such a way. You know, maybe yeah. he he made it in such a way that you know, I don't know. We, we there's so much that you just throw stuff at, at the wall cuz you don't you don't really know where everything sticks you don't know what what everything means where yeah i don't like i don't like being i don't like speculating i don't like projecting right like not on this kind of a thing there's there's message boards out there that is like uh well okay so if j-rob's fired where what what are the likely candidates to replace him i don't even i don't like doing that oh really i think that's i don't know isn't that insulting yeah, yeah, you're kind of the the body's not I guess even as, buried so, to use kind of a, right, right. You know I, I guess mean? as I guess as a fan, that's your right, and that's a natural reaction. But in my my in my world, like I ain't I, I ain't doing that, right? The body's not buried yet, like you said. I, you're not. I'm not moving on with that. Um. So what else, Christian Piles? So what? It's a else? it's an unfortunate uh, unfortunate situation. It, it stinks. And I want to clarify something I said. Um, last time we discussed this, I made a 
comparison between this situation with Coach Robinson and and Coach Paterno at Penn State. And I didn't fully explain myself. And that is very um, – that was probably – you can't just say that and and just leave, leave it out there without that being a pretty terrible thing to say about Coach Robinson. So I'll clarify. Yeah, I kind of cut you off. You, yeah, you but I, I could have, I could have, yeah. I could have um, articulated the point. The point I was making, and I was not trying to compare them in this way, that because I think J, um, I think Coach Paterno made some uh, horribly egregious mistakes. But I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I guess my point was, here's the comparisons I'm making: legendary, respected coach for their for their field gets up there in age. Okay, and they don't get the they don't get to go out on their terms and they go out and really if it happens the way the coach Robinson's family is indicating, he's going to go out in in a way where a legendary coach shouldn't or you wouldn't expect. Those are the comparisons I make. That's what I meant when I said that. So I want to clarify that for for Coach Robinson, because that's fair to him i'm not trying to make any other comparisons other than um than that one so just wanted to make that point yeah uh you know there's there's a lot to there's a lot of moving parts in this story and you can you can be upset with me for feeling this way some you know some very um cautious parents and and you know they don't want their kids around drugs or stuff like that i uh i get it but I, I'm sad for Jay. Yeah, I'm. I'm sad for Jay. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, if, if this is true and if this is forthcoming. Yeah. So I, I I completely agree with you. So there we go. Um, sad stuff. Not good stuff. Not stuff we enjoy talking about. But what can you say? It's huge freaking news. It's uh one of the most legendary coaches in the sport, in this kind of hot water. Um. Obviously, this is actually a decent um, transition to this peaking article, Willie. We've had two of them now, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's ironic, but whatever the word is, Minnesota and Coach Robinson are apparently statistically the best peakers of, of their athletes, according to this study by Andrew Spee, who, has been, uh, who did two parts of this, did, did an awesome job, some real... Um, strong statistical analysis, also known as uh, Jaroslav Hasek on Twitter, and prolific tweeter. Prolific. Um, it's interesting to me on a couple levels because I I wouldn't think yeah. that Minnesota would come yeah. out on top. Me either. For, because number one, I guess, I guess, kind of shock factor. Um, you know, when the Dardanes don't AA that kind of lingers in your memory, mm-hmm. but that's only one or two or three instances. Right. Um, so you, you wouldn't think you wouldn't make the jump. Oh, Minnesota is the best peaking team um, because that might stick out in your mind. And also Minnesota wrestlers, I don't know. In my, maybe I'm off on this assessment, but in my uh, experience, they've had really, really solid seasons, uh, regular seasons. Mm-hmm. So, in which case, it's difficult to improve your seed and your placing at NCAA's. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think if if you just ask casual fans, or not even casual, fans that follow Division One wrestling closely, it's kind of the thing with Minnesota is they wear out a little bit. They're not always the best at the end of the season. Um, and maybe it's just a completely inappropriate feeling. But I think it was one that was kind of out there. But this study, which spans 16 years, indicates that that's not really what happens. And I think if you ask people about Penn State, you know, they peak their guys the best. Oklahoma State peaks their guys the best. Now, I don't think this necessarily proves that they do or don't. But just to see them not ahead of Minnesota, you know, it it makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit about, you know, maybe our perceptions. And maybe there's not, I don't know if there's a perfect way to analyze the numbers here, but I think this is close, right? Yeah, I mean, it's data, right? Right. You can't, you can't argue with the data. Now, what, what was, this is a 16 year period, but where, where does Kale fall? How long's Kale been at Penn State? Um, 10 was his first year. Okay. Nine ten season. Yeah. So there's a, a limited sample size for him at Penn State, right? Yes. Yes. Limited. Limited. But yeah. So I I think it's it's food for thought. It's not gospel. It's not. <laughs> this is not the order of the best coaches in um, college wrestling. But it is just you know I think this analytical information, this presentation, it's very visual. You know. If you don't want to read all the stuff, you can look at the charts and make a lot of sense of it too. We've got scatter. Yeah. We got scatter plots on our site. Yeah, we, we got all kinds of Doppler radar. Uh, <laughs> it's like a cold front's coming in. And we floor. we usually don't. You know, we we have these we have these content meetings, and we discuss what content we're putting up, and and um, there's always this kind of standard that you know longer these big long articles don't. They don't perform as well. People, people see how long they are, and they're, they're like, "The heck with that! That's a book." And, but I explained, I'm like, "Listen, this the the topic of peaking in wrestling is like such a huge, mm, hot button. such a huge hot button. Like, give us some numbers, uh, type of thing. And I think people are going to eat this up, and and they have. Um, it's a very good." Very interesting uh, um, and thorough inspection of it, right? Very thorough. He used words like pro rouge, pro rog. I, I don't know. There's some words I didn't know. I had to Google. <laughs> if, if you use hypothesis if, is moot, you know things like that. You know, I got a little smarter today. If you use words that you don't know, does that make it thorough? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. You're very th- Willie. You often um, challenge my vocabulary. I have to. I forget what some of the words you've said. It's not necessarily. That's that's oh. a, that's an that's an English dork. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing to know the words, but just to be able to just throw them out there. That's impressive. It's impressive. Okay. Speaking of throwing something out there, just. Uh oh. Willie. Oh man, are we doomed? Hey, are you still there, buddy? On Twitter, I said, I said, JB, uh, Jordan Burroughs, um, would you prefer, I'm here, bud. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah. I lost you for I'm here, a second. I'm here, Pops. Make sure you're on the right connection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I said to Jordan Burroughs on Twitter, would you prefer your tournament to be done in one day like it currently is, or would you prefer multi-day tournaments? Right? Right. You saw his response. I, his, response I, his response was, uh, for me, I like the one-day tournaments, but I could understand the media wanting multiple-day tournaments. Now, me, I prefer the one-day tournaments, although I could be talked into multi multiple days. I think one-day tournament is the best thing for wrestling. The best Competitive format. thing. The, yeah, the best format to determine who's the best wrestler. Yes. I think it brings in the, uh, the, the, the fatigue factor. I think it brings in pure wrestling. Um, and when I, when I mean that, I mean, when I say that, I mean, you're not going to watch tape to break things down to stop this guy's go-to move. I mean, that's good and all, and that's smart, but I don't want people to win on a gimmick. I don't want people to win on circumstance. I want people to win because it's me versus you, my stuff versus your stuff, and not because I, I watched uh, two hours of tape on you and I'm just wrestling you a certain way. Right. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for that. I I think the the like you mentioned, there's two lenses to view this through, the competitive side and the marketing side. And we mm -hmm. think about that a lot. The the idea of building to something uh, at the end that is important. You can't really do it in a day. It's really tough to do. I mean, you have a little session between, you know, semis and finals. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't you can't really build it properly like you can the NCAA tournament. Right. You can't market. Oh my God, this semi is going down. You can't market. Oh my God, this guy's coming out of the woodwork. We didn't. You know he's a surprise and he's on fire. And who is this guy? You can't market like that because it's all it's all developed in the span of six hours. Um. So, you know, that's that's the benefit of on the media side. Right, right. Now think think about what the noise with uh, with Zeke Moisey two years ago, mm -hmm. you know, and the buzz that surrounded him, and it builds into the semi, and then he does it in the semi. It's this big thing, and then you've got, um, oh, who's the guy? Navruzov. Navruzov. Who, that's who I was thinking about. So Navruzov. This guy steps over. He pins the world champion Romanov. He has a – you want to talk about – I mean, he was good, right? Like, it, it wasn't, like, huge. But he was out of nowhere to make no, a, to make. that's a, a story. That's a story I was thinking about when I said come out of the woodwork. Imagine if we could do the background work, hype him up like crazy for day two. Yes. And, but we couldn't. We couldn't. And then he beats – you know, then him beating – you know, he almost beat Chimizo. Yeah, that was an amazing match. An incredible match. I mean, but you don't really get to build it properly. So it's it's tough. But then you think about a multiple-day tournament, and there either one of two things happen. Either you have multiple weigh-ins, which I think could be disastrous. Disastrous. Because, listen, listen, I'll just flatly say this. Do not go to a two-day tournament. It'll be a disaster. Uh, and I understand the benefits of the two-day tournament for the media purposes and following the tournament. Um, 
you're going to have multiple day weigh-ins and guys are going to miss weight. You got to see these guys at weigh. We get to go to these weigh-ins. It's it's insane that these guys and they're not holding it. They're not holding it for two days. There's going to be you're going to have okay, what are you going to do? You're going to have quarterfinals on day 2? Okay, because there's not going to be quarterfinal matches. You know why? Cuz three of them are not going to make weight. Right. And when do you do weigh-ins? Like weigh-ins are night before. So what, you normally they weigh in at like three o'clock, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're weighing at three. Well, they're wrestling at three o'clock. So when do you do it? Do you do it that night after they wrestled all day? It's just, I I just don't think you can do it. Or the alternative is no additional weigh-in. No way. You can't. And that that is insane. Um, Just think how big some of these guys would get, and then it's like. Well, what do we have weight classes for? Now, theoretically, in a in a perfect world, this would um, dissuade people from doing. If, if you had, if you like Alexander Bogomolov, I th- is a, a guy I think of that's just cutting his tail off to make fifty seven. Okay, that guy wouldn't even consider making weight twice, right? Like some guys would just uh, be like, I, I disagree. Well, maybe he would, but he's gonna he's gonna. He's going to consider it, he's going to do it, and then he's going to miss weight on day two. Okay. Yeah, maybe that happens. But I, I think over time, people would see that, okay. Nobody ever reason. thinks Nobody ever thinks they're going to miss weight. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think people, I think, I think wrestlers are more aware of what they can and can't do than you're giving them credit for. I, I, in terms of weight, you know. I mean, some guys can make the weight and they just won't do it again because it's so hard to do. You know, Jimmy Kennedy's ma- made 61 kilograms. He's not gonna do it anymore. Reese Humphrey made 61. He can't. They can't do it anymore. He probably. They probably could if they absolutely had to, but they just know that they that they shouldn't. So maybe that's just American stuff, and and that guys are a little more conscientious and a little more uh, health conscious. Chris- Marable missed weight. Joey McKenna missed weight. People miss weight. Matt Kolodzik uh, missed weight. McKenna was set up to fail, in my opinion. The, uh, uh, we don't. Yeah, I don't know if we go into that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy I, made a world team without ever making weight. Okay, so that was that's that's okay. You can say, but yeah, to your point, to your point, Willie, that was a guy that he didn't think he couldn't make the weight. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, so that's a that's a fair point, but. So I guess you have to have those safeguards in place. You have to have the uh, the leadership that can create a process that's logic logical. Um, well, uh, wrestling doesn't have that. <laughs> you think these other countries aren't gonna? Yeah. I and know. I mean, when when you have the desperation that it, that are within some of these cultures, and, you, you know what? You know what I think is the the, the best format is that. United World Wrestling, these international tournaments have a better presentation on the one-day tournament. They don't, they don't have all these massively uneven brackets. Uh, you know, you watch an international tournament, and you're like, okay, well, they're on round three, and this weight over here on Matt B, that's on the quarterfinals, and over there, they're at, that's a Repishog match, and, and, oh, they're still on, you know, 57 was a they're still on round, round one round one no listen you keep round ones with round ones the next time when there's four three or four mats every mat is the same round every mat is the same quarters every mat is semis um 
because uh, part of this movement or part of this uh, dialogue to have a multiple day tournament is well we can't re- we miss stuff we can't really follow along the tournament well you can't follow along because it's helter skelter out there on the mat yeah I, I completely agree I th- I think they've got to do something about the structure of of the tournaments and making sure it you watch, all makes sense it's a quarterfinal uh, round that for NCAA's the quarters are the quarters and the semis are the you know, semis you even, right NCAA's you know they, uh, those formats in the middle they're quarterfinals. Fargo, you know, Matt, eight, one, and nine are semis. This is awesome. I'm I'm tuning into these three mats. I know I follow the tournament. I know everything that's going on. International tournaments. Wow, where where are we at here? Yeah, yeah. So, but I I, I think they're they're making strides in that that department. They, yeah. I think I do think that the unbalanced brackets really are, play play a role in this. With, because yeah. they jack up wait times and things they, like this, they yep. need to have an even bracket. It's not that hard, guys. Right. Figure and, and, it and the that's freak another out. thing, Christian. That's a great. That's a great point on the wait times. Because how many times are you at an international tournament, and there's a repishog on this mat? There's a there's uh, mat B is um, vacant because there's a wait time, and mat C is a semifinal, uh, and the wait times the wait times would be reduced. If you kept them all round by round. Right. Right. And I don't know why they won't do that. I don't know. And For, if there are wait times, then, you know, okay, then all four mats, there's not going to be anything going on for 10 minutes. That's fine. I'd rather deal with that than a, a half, you know, half the mats being filled and not knowing what's going on. So I think they can make improvements in that, in that regard. Uh, again, we've said ad nauseum. UWW is doing great things, making strides. Here's just another another place where I think they can improve. Yeah, certainly, certainly they can. And uh, I, you know, I think they're moving. As far as the presentation, though, you know, the finals, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job with that. I've I've been pretty pleased with how they ran the tournament. I mean, the, uh, and I'm just speaking. I haven't been to as many international tournaments as you will. I went to Worlds last year and I went to World Cup this year, and it was sick. Yeah, I mean, World Cup was like. That was that was unbelievable. The lighting. World Cup is freaking awesome. It's like World Cup might be the best run event on planet Earth. It was, it was, that, it was incredibly that NCAA. well done. Yeah, NCAA's NCAA's the gold standard. But like you said, the the lighting, the spectacle, the it's almost like a pit. You know that the arena was good. That the video boards were awesome, um, and the Iranian fans were great. Yeah, they are. They are incredible. Um, well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, you, you got to come. You're not going to come, are you, to Cadet or Junior Worlds? Man, I, I wish you would. I think so. I think I will. I will one of these years, buddy. We'll do one. Guess who's coming with me? They call him Slick Rick, a.k.a. They call him Slick Rick. A.k.a. the coordinator of grassroots marketing and something, something, something for USA Wrestling, Richard Emmel. He's coming along. Yeah, he's going to France. And he's and he's he's he doing he's doing the triple he's doing the uh, he's doing the triple tri- dip he's tri- going triple crown. Slick Rick will all be on. Well, I guess it's only two continents, but he'll do Rio, he'll do France, then he'll do Tbilisi, right in a row. Back so to back. Cadet Junior Cadet Worlds Junior Worlds and uh, the Olympics. Yeah, well, Emil's doing it all. He should write a blog. Um... <laughs> So yeah, 
Emil's going. That's gonna be that's gonna be sweet. You guys are gonna be best buds. And you I, uh, you're gonna miss out. I'll tell you what. France should be awesome. Tbilisi is supposed to be a mecca of wrestling, and I think that the town will be a little bit different than what we're all used to. And Vito Raju's dad, Vuger, typical New Jersey. Typical New Jersey. Typical. That's our favorite. Uh, hey, that's our favorite quote. We say that. Should we explain that? Yeah, quote? I th- explain the, the quote. Kyle because- Bra- well, this is from Kyle Bradkey, via Kyle Bradkey. Um, so we say typical New Jersey all the time and it's nothing gets New Jersey at yeah, all. We whenever just... we use the word when, instead of just saying, well, that's typical, we go typical New Jersey because for, for everything. Apparently at, it was one of, of, um, Papalizio's events duels. I think at, uh, the dual one there, <laughs> I guess a kid took injury time or something happened. It was. Vugar's team, which is New York, against a Jersey team. I, there was something like that. And he, he like, apparently screamed out, Typical New Jersey! And so, Bracky <laughs> told, Brack, told, told us that. So now we say Typical New Jersey all the time. Typical New Jersey. But he, so, he's going to Georgia. You know, obviously, Vito making the team. And I am really looking forward to that. That should be a trip. Wow. You two together. Wild cards, um, so yeah, we we're, while we're on the topic of of international wrestling, evidently Russian wrestlers just uh, are, are just chilling out in PED testing labs in Russia, just, just hanging out, just hanging out, Netflixing and chilling, and and just uh, hanging around near test tubes and Erlenmeyer flasks full of <laughs> tainted urine. I, I I can only assume, and just switching out the samples. I don't know, but. Apparently, you would think like so, like a year ago or so, Russia just like gets completely outed as the most dirty program. Okay, we got caught. You would would they? You would think they would clean up their act. It'd be like, all right, we gotta get together. We had a good run, guys. Kind of couple high fives exchanged. All right, let's get clean. They are doubling down on. Doubling down. They're like, we're at a wrestling tournament. They go into the lab. Hey guys, what's going on in here? You guys, good. Guys, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, y'all need any? Yeah, you need, you need to bring anything to boil here. Um, how's the Bunsen burner? <laughs> the Bunsen burner. You need a match? Yeah, you need a match. You need to light that. To be careful. Make sure you got your safety goggles on, guys. So, basically, <laughs> WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, uh, is saying that Russian athletes and, and gov- the government are continuing to obstruct and deceive drug testers, even as they're trying to like regain its place. In track and field, which they're they're not allowed to go to, right? No track and field for Russia. <laughs> yeah, they don't get it. They they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Like, but you were, but it's it's like one of those things. that's like, okay, oh wait, you guys were serious. You really think we're gonna? You think? Oh, you thought we were gonna stop cheating? See, we thought it was just a whole. We, we caught you. you. Meant, we gotta, like, yeah, we gotta circle the wagons and like. Just mask this better. Yeah, yeah. We. I'm sorry. There's just a miscommunication. We're not gonna actually stop this. This is kind of. This is kind of our thing. It's what we do. We hang out in the testing labs. We intimidate the testers. It's just kind of. It's just. It's our thing. You know. There was this. There was this great quote. I read um, this. This article about the Russian woman and how about this Russian track athlete? Uh, she was like world class. And they, you know, they, they 
their system, the Russian system, was that you have to be on this stuff, right? Yeah. And, and her times improved dramatically. She, listen, she ended up marrying a guy from Rusada. Oh, that's It's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating story. And now they live in America. They won't tell what town they live in. This was a New York Times article. And they won't, oh, they won't say what town they live in because obviously they're, they fear for their safety. Oh, but, my gosh. Um, Should we fear for our safety? Maybe. There is, you this, be careful. There was this quote from her that was really interesting. She said, Russian sports do not believe in athletes. They believe in drugs. Wow. Well, that's not Isn't good. It, no. It's not good because their athletes are actually pretty freaking good. Yeah. Like, listen, PEDs help you a lot in wrestling. But some of the things they can do, uh, they're just good at wrestling moves. But when you excel, yeah. you when you excel when you accelerate that with like strength, speed, endurance, like it's really it's pretty tough to beat. But yeah, the the um, you know, they're apparently the WADA doping control officers were intimidated when trying to find athletes, um, who were in cities or whatever, and. Armed FSB agents threatened DCOs with expulsion from the country. So, like, while they're under this intense scrutiny, they're like, you know, we're not letting you test our guys. You're not letting you come around. It's just, yeah. So, in that in that same article, there's a there's a massive difference between Russia and maybe all European bloc um, testing agencies and and America. <laughs> uh, and I'll explain it like this. The so, so this tra- this Russian track woman meets this guy from Rusada, and she tells him, "Oh yeah, we. I mean, everybody's on drugs." And he's like, "What? Are you kidding me?" And he goes into his superiors, and he's like, "Look, this lady, this girl that I just met, is telling me that it's systematic." And he said, "I love her." His his superior. He says his superior sits there blankly for 30 seconds and then picks up a phone and calls somebody and that guy and that guy was immediately fired. Wow. Right? So you think about that and then you think about think about this. Think about America. Like America in America in America we have jobs and we want to do good we want to we want to perform well at our job, mm-hmm. right? If you're a if you're an official for uh, USADA, you want to do your job well and mm-hmm. thoroughly. In Russia, they want to. If you're from USADA, you go to the coaches and you go, <laughs> "How can we assist you? Yeah, how can we? How can we clear this up for you? Help me I, help you, coach. Right? Because last, how about this? Brock Lesnar. Am I allowed to say this? Uh, Brock Lesnar was tested eight times in nine days last last couple weeks ago. What? Eight times in nine days. Holy smokes! That's that's how that's how Americans do it. We what? test you eight times in nine days. In Russia, they're like, "Hey, where's your dirty samples? We gotta we gotta switch them out. We gotta switch them out. Be sure." I mean, here's one of my favorite stories. Um, athletes are are dodging the test. They're withdrawing from like competitions. 
uh, like if they know a tester is going to be there. In one case, I'll just read this. In one case, an athlete ran away from testers at a competition. Just ran away. Another, Wait, another exited the stadium during her own race. She was running. <laughs> she listen, was just running around the track. And then she found and, and a, a she, tunnel. She Bo Jackson did. She, she, just, <laughs> she just left out of the tunnel. No, right in the middle of the race. She just ran out there, caught an Uber, and got off the grid. I mean, classic. Classic evasion. Uh, They're like, oh, testers are here? All right. This is, I'm going to have to take this one out a lap early. I mean, insane. How can... Insane stories. And how about the, the lab in Rio? They only have one lab. One lab. They're, and... They're, they're supposed to be the Olympic testing lab. They just disbarred them. <laughs> and the, the, the rumor, what I was told, was that... They were sending them dirty urine. Who was sending who? WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, was sending the Rio lab to test their competence. Right. Was oh, sent- they like set them up, kind of. Yes, and the Rio lab was like, yep, they're all clean. All good. It's like, odd. Uh, you missed the 40 cc's of gorilla testosterone in this one. Uh, yep, you're shut down. So that's good. I mean, how... What what I don't understand is why why are we not catching these guys at the world championships every year? Is it just out of their system then? Because WADA appears to have it together to be trying, right? So why why can't they get these guys? Don't know. I mean, obviously, I understand that Russia is not going to self-report. Okay, that's I'm not I'm not expecting that. Even though we do it in America, that's because we're America, guys. We're the freaking best, okay? That's how it works. You, I get it with Russia. But you would think the world anti-doping agency could get it together a little bit. And it seems like they're trying. Who'll just tell us? Russia will just tell us if they have somebody that's juicing. You're like, yeah. I mean, hey, did, so, you, did you ask? I, I, meant, I meant to ask, but it didn't come up. A softball game. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You just assume if we wrestle a Russian, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be jacked up on, on the good stuff. So we're winning a winning a gold medal, winning a medal over a Russian, that really freaking means something because it's very obvious what they're doing. Yes, sir. Oh man. Yes, sir. Crazy. I mean, it's like kind of unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Adam Busiello, he's like. I think now is a good time to verbal. He just went up. He verbaled to Penn State last night. Yeah. Late. Yes. And did you know, Willie, I was up quite late last night. I can't believe it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning to a text that said Adam Busiello is going to verbal to Penn State. And it was like I woke up to a nightmare. I'm like, oh, my God, this got to get up on the site. We We need to run this right now. And then. I look at the site and Christian already has it up and I'm like, how did, how did he, did he wake up out of bed? No, Christian piles. He was up at that hour. I was up. I was up. Did somebody give you a, did you drink regular Pepsi instead of caffeine free? (laughs) Uh, No, no. I don't know what it was. I was just, my juices got flowing in the evening and then like I, I had an adrenaline spike, and it just didn't leave me. I don't you know. were upset. Don't lie. You were upset about England losing to ISIS. <laughs> Iceland? I, I didn't watch that game. Willie, here's the best thing. Here's the best thing about Willie. 
is he loves to make fun of soccer so much. But he, and and oh, just I'll give you space. I want my space. Willie loves to kind of belittle soccer fans, belittle soccer. He's glad he wasn't born in a soccer nation, this and that, okay? Of all the establishments in Austin, Texas, of which there are many, he goes to one that is notoriously soccer-themed and soccer-focused. It's the best soccer bar in Austin. Okay, so for all his, quote, hatred or the making fun of he does of soccer, I think... I theorize deep down that Willie Saylor likes soccer. I'm going to put that out there, Willie. And until you find a new establishment, I will not back down from this. All right, let me clarify. (laughs) (laughs) All this soccer bashing that I do, it's a veil. It's a, it's a, I have ulterior motives. Okay. Because soccer is awesome. And I, when when there's big events, I watch it and I like, and I I lie. I say soccer is boring. Oh boy, one zero game really, really got me revved up. Um, I think you're just I, fishing. I lie. I, I lie about soccer, and this is why. I don't want America to be good at soccer. I don't want our youth playing soccer. I want. I don't want our youth playing football. I don't want our youth playing lacrosse. I want our youth wrestling. Okay. And I don't know that my negative social media rants on soccer are going to affect the nation. Um, I was just trying to do my small part. I, th- I thought you were just like fishing for a retweet from Cloyd Rivers or something. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, at the, at the, at the sake of offending Dylan Palacio or, or Todd Beckerman, whose brother is on the U S men's national team. Um, yeah. Watch yourself. I, f- I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to sway people from soccer. Soccer's oh. soccer's great. Soccer's fine. I I don't think. Eh, I guess we're competing for the same kids. We're definitely. I mean, we're competing for programs. I mean, with lacrosse for sure. Yeah. Forget lacrosse. Now lacrosse. I can get on board with that. Get it out. Um. So there. There you go. So Bruce, somehow we went from guys. Bruciello to Iceland, England soccer, but Bruciello is going to Penn State. Um, thoughts, we, we've talked frequently, so let's not beat that dead horse any further about the early verbal, good, bad. We're both team early verbal. We're fine with it. It doesn't offend us. We don't prefer it or not prefer it or whatever. We, we, we just don't get bent out of shape about the early verbal. No, I don't get bent out of shape at all. I, you know, we talked about it. It's. I, sometimes I don't know if it makes sense, but I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, would I recommend my my son do that? I uh, well, that, I that, mean, that's listen, assuming a lot of things. If, but if Adam Busiello wants to go to Penn State or Gavin Teasdale wants to go to Iowa, um, before they can even talk about how much scholarship money they will receive, and they know, I don't care if I get one percent or a full ride, I'm going to this university and wrestling for this coach. If they want to do that. Groovy. That's awesome. Let's put it up on flow. Um, but for some people, I think they probably want to, you know, weigh their options. I don't know. Uh, I, but I'm, I'm good with it. And the Busiello thing uh, really doesn't come as much as a surprise. I, I mean, he, was wore, he wore a Penn State singlet at, in the Super 32 finals. Yeah, there were strong indications that it was all PSU. Um and he's a really tough kid, obviously ranked 
number one. one, two, three in the country at any given time. Um, and it's it's early, right? I mean, it's early to assess. You, you know, you could say, well, how good is Busiello? Tell us how good he is. I mean, he's a freshman. He's really he's one of the best freshmen in America. He's yeah. really freaking good. Um, time will tell. Time will tell how good he is. What I would like to see, Willie, are, and I guess this would require yeah, a couple of years worth of data, but how much your big boards deviate from a freshman year big board yeah. to uh, – do you have any, like, just gut feelings on how much they change, if any? Um, it, it, I bet you Spencer, is, Dayton, and Yanni were pretty dang high. Yeah, this is freshmen. probably going to be – this is probably going to be an odd answer, and I don't have any data to back this up. Um, but my gut feeling, because I haven't thought about this before, uh, but my gut feeling is the the kids from the power states, meaning Ohio, PA, Jersey, um, California maybe, the kids from the power states probably don't deviate much. The guys that fluctuate are guys from other nooks uh, of the country. Yeah. A guy, a guy from Washington might win Fargo as a cadet, and he's twelfth on the big board, and then he's he just doesn't quite perform that well throughout the rest of his high school career, and he drops to sixty-eight. Um, or this guy from I don't know. This guy from Nebraska. Nebraska was never on my radar, but his junior year he wins Fargo. Ryan Blees, North Dakota, right? Yeah. Um, and so he went from not on the big board to 25th. Like Pixley well, did that too, I feel like. Right. So I, I my gut reaction is that um, probably the kid from the kids from Power States maintain. You know, maybe they go from five to twenty-two, or from eighteenth to seventh. They stay on a uh, similar tier, though. Yeah, but the guys, the guys from um, non-traditional power states, uh, their, their stock rises and falls uh, more more drastically. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, Adam, to Penn State. Now here's the thing. Here's the first one of. Class of Yes. Um, one thing, as we talk about these verbals, is a kid verbals as a freshman, um, I, I understand a coach that would continue to pursue them. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I, I for a fact, Yanni Giacomahas is still being recruited by other schools. Now, are, is he entertaining them at all? I, I don't think so. I think he's locked and loaded for Cornell regardless. But um, the coaches are not going to necessarily back off. And I personally, and we've talked about this, personally don't blame them. So don't be surprised if maybe a couple other schools throw their hat in the ring, maybe junior, senior year for Busiello, right? Um, yeah, perhaps. Um, it's a tricky situation, and it's one that, <laughs> tell you what, college coaches, college, <laughs> college coaches, uh, this is not a light subject. These guys fight and bicker about this all the time. These guys create lifelong hatred for each other for doing this stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, there's crazy stories out there. But I, you know, I'm a coach. I'm not backing backing off. Ryan Taylor, Wisconsin All-American, done. Career over. Bad hip injury. Just a note. Um, yeah, battled injuries. He had a torn. I want to say bicep and labrum. His uh, sophomore he's, year at NCAA's when he got yeah, seven. he's always been like walking wounded. I mean, and it's it's a shame. I guess I guess it's a shame for any athlete, sure, to especially at that age to have their career cut short by injuries or always be injury plagued. But it's especially sad for Ryan Taylor because he's so darn exciting to watch. He was incredibly exciting. I mean, he he was the one guy. Where at 133 last year, I thought if Ryan Taylor put it all together and was mm-hmm. healthy and was clicking, I thought he could have made something very interesting happen with Nashawn Garrett. Now, was anyone beating that guy? Probably not. But I think he had the athletic goods. I think he had the power, the strength to to challenge him in positions. Now, he made some mistakes, and, and he wasn't always as refined. But when he was on... He was as dynamic as anyone outside of Nation at 133, but he wasn't. He wasn't on that much. He wasn't healthy that much. There so, was flashes of like, oh my god, oh my goodness. I mean, right? we'll never forget when he beat Zane Richards two Text years ago. Him. Well, I think it was 14 pointer, but it was it was so ugly. It was so ugly. Um, we were like, oh, Ryan Taylor's a title contender. I mean, he was a two seed at NCAA's two years ago. I mean, that puts you. I, I don't care what you do. At NCAs, if you if you earn a one or a two seed at NCAA tournament, you're pretty freaking good. Right. And he, he put together a year. And I was there at Big Tens that year. I, I think did he beat Clark in the finals? No, he. Uh, I think he beat Clark, but he lost to Dardanes. Dardanes was the one. So I think Dard- oh. Dardanes won Big Tens. And I believe Taylor was second. Okay, um, I do believe. So that's that, that's sad. And another thing that makes it sad just. A kid that young with hip—I mean, hip surgery, well, hip replacement, or whatever. Oh, he even—he even had a like a gait, like a limping walk, right? I didn't notice that. I've, I only watched him wrestle. I haven't really observed him otherwise. I, I've noticed he—he kind of had that since he was young. Oh wow! So that's sad news for for Wisconsin. Um, I we'll, yeah. maybe we'll do this another time, but. Um, a year ago, this time Willie Willie put uh, put some pen to paper and, and made some predictions on what recruits were going where, and predictably had some right, had some wrong. Um, he called Soriano to Penn State, missed on Lee. He thought Lee would go to Penn State. Um, so yeah, maybe that's something we can do another time as. It's coming up on 1159. But I think we can talk about these school lists that we've got. Dayton's came out. Oklahoma State, North Carolina, Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska. Any surprises there? There were none for me. No. Um, I mean, no Oklahoma's surpri- not on the list. That's kind of... Uh, that's, at this At this current environment, why would they be? Well... I don't know. Home state, you figure maybe even just obligatory to throw them on there. Um, mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think anybody likes what's going on in Oklahoma right now. No, no. Um, but I, I, I'm not surprised by any of those names. Um, obviously, 
the the indication. And we I said this a year ago. You know, Oklahoma State for Dayton, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's that's the one you you know you gotta you gotta think he's a Okie State lean. Ultimately, um, he you know he's always said he's open. He's open. You know, everybody assumes Okie State. His dad wrestled there. He's not far from there. He's you know at, at every match and. Um, but he said, you know, I'm open. I'm open. I don't want. I don't want anybody to assume I'm just going to Oakley, Oakley State. So, um, ultimately, you think that he lands there, but you never know. Um, Berge, good list. Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, Penn State. Um, the, the most interesting thing I talked to Brady yesterday, oh. and and to me, the most interesting thing is he is on his way down. Um, Cutting weight. He, He's wrestled up for the team for a long time, um, and and but he sees himself, and I think college coaches see him as a one forty nine. I see that too, though. I see that too. I mean, just watching him last year, I thought that. But you know, you never know how a kid's gonna grow. Well, his brother was huge. Yeah. So right. So that's what I'm saying. Um, he starts as a freshman at like 145, right? Mm-hmm. He was a 38, 45 pounder as a freshman. His brother's huge. He's wrestled, I mean, last summer as a sophomore, he wrestles 154 and, and wins the spot on the cadet world team. Um, you think he's going to grow. Um, so if I look at his stature, no, I'm not incredibly surprised that he's a 149 in college. But uh, not many freshmen 138s hang in that range. Freshman that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very rare. Absolutely that have, rare. That have brothers that were a 97-pounder, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, I, I thought that was an interesting development. Um, Brady said he's, you know, Brady got hurt at the broken leg, I think, at uh, the state tournament. He says um, he's doing well. No, su- no uh, Fargo, but Super 32. Um, where he'll be at 152. So that is interesting. But uh, back on track, um, talking about projecting where kids go, July 1st is the first day that coaches can really talk to juniors. So I'm planning on writing an article about the top juniors, their school list, where we might see them land, uh, what are the guys to watch, yada, yada, yada. So that's coming up soon, probably July 1st. Yeah, and I don't know if – I don't think we read Berge's school list – Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, Penn State. So Penn State and Nebraska in on both of those guys. Um, Interesting that Purdue's in there. But Maybe, hey, I uh, was gonna say I was actually gonna make a point. With, go ahead. Purdue's gonna be on a lot of these kids' lists. Yeah. Purdue's Purdue's in the mix with a lot of the best kids. Now that's the thing about recruiting. You, you need to land them. Last year they landed Perriot, um, and they could. Well, I think that. To me, that's the you know when I see Purdue on that list, I'm thinking hey, he's buddies with Griffin. Yeah, boy, that would, and they would be back to back tag team. That would be a great one too. Ooh, and great training partners. Yeah, so keep keep an eye on uh, on Purdue. They're they're going to be creeping up on a lot of these lists. I anticipate. I think that's like a you know I've always said we've mentioned Nebraska a lot. Nebraska shows up on every list, but taking second don't do much. It doesn't do anything. Uh, so that's a tough, tough part of, of recruiting. Um, before we go, Willie, any any parting thoughts? Um, I'll be traveling this weekend, so we won't have another one of these this week, right? 
I don't think so, unless we, unless something huge happens today, maybe we'll do it tomorrow. But I, probably not, right? Yeah, probably not. Maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow. But if not, just one this week, and we apologize for that. Um, believe us, we want to do it more and more, but not always feasible with the other things, other aspects of our job. But we are uh, with that. We thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always, to episode 129 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Much better than 128. One, wow. I mean, that's called that's called having, like, we're quarterbacks. That's called having a short memory. I just threw, we just <laughs> threw that pick six, okay? Yeah. But you know what? We're going to lead our team down the field when they need us the most, we just, Willie. We just marched it right down the marched field. Marched it right down, like, Elway, 99 yards. Like, that's, that's us right now. So thanks again for listening. We just crushed it. We just smashed it, obliterated FRL 129. We'll be back again, no doubt about it. Crazy week for content. We got a lot of good stuff going up. So keep coming to Flow Wrestling. We'll keep the good stuff coming. Thanks, guys.